Well, after that debate, I am convinced I know exactly who I'm going to vote for, and it is... Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Detroit fan, the man in the Michigan hat, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Chicago fan, Furious George. Furious what is going on today? Well, today we are going to break down the first presidential debate. Uh, what do the sabermetrics say about Trump and Biden's performances and who technically won the debate? Is Chris Wallace a good moderator? Uh, those are the kind of the questions we're going to focus on today. So uh, buckle up because it's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little, uh, well, not a little, a lot political heavy. So Uh, Obviously, I'm just kidding. We're not going to talk about that at all this episode. And I know I had you there for a second. So if you've listened this long, uh, if you heard the word politics and turned this off, uh, I'm sorry. But if you listen this long, we're going to get into all of the sports that are relevant right now. And we're going to have a very extra long scorecast for you later. But before we get into that, we have to vent a little bit. And I'm going to start because I'm upset about the Cubs. So the Cubs played their first game in their wildcard playoff series against the Miami Marlins today at Wrigley Field. Mm -hmm. And what I'm upset about... So at first, I I actually started notes on this earlier in the game. And I wrote down that I was upset that David Ross left Kyle Hendrickson to pitch the seventh inning after Mm -hmm. his pitch count was already up in the sixth and he was... The hitters were starting to get some hard contact on him in the sixth. Yep. Yep. And in the seventh, if you watch the game, Hendricks gave up a go-ahead uh, two. Was it two-run homer? Double. No, no. Oh no, it was a. I think it was, it was a, a home run. A, a three-run. A three-run homer. homer. Yeah. He g- and the second one was a two-run. Yeah. He <laughs> gave. He gave up. Well, he didn't give up the second one. I don't think. But he gave up yeah. a go-ahead no. three-run homer. And so I wrote that down because I was like, that changed the game. But now that I've had a few hours of reflection on it, what really frustrates me, and I've vented about it before, is just this Cubs offense. So Mm -hmm. here's a stat. In the past six games, six playoff games for the Cubs, five of those six, they've scored not more than one run. Hmm. That's insane. Yeah. Then there was another stat. Where it was, well, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was something like over the past 13 playoff games, the Cubs have scored 28 runs. Nine of those runs came in one game. Oof. So 28 minus 9 brings you to 21 in 12 games, yep. which is less than two per game. Overall, since the Cubs recorded the final out of the 2016 World Series, the Cubs' playoff run average is 
per game. And yep. that is what is making me livid today. Because you cannot expect to win. It, it's honestly remarkable to me that they that in 2017 they won the NLDS. Yeah. At, to even get to the championship series because that's ridiculous. And then in 18 they made it to the wild card and lost. And then last year they missed the playoffs. And then this year... Now they're in this wild card series, and so far they've scored one run. And I, it's it's just flat out remarkable to me that, oh, and in that NLCS they were in, they did win one of those. They they lost that series four to one, but they did win a game, and it's just remarkable to me that you can have a run like you did in fifteen and sixteen. Because even in fifteen, when they lost, they were putting up big numbers on on runs. Um, throughout the playoffs until they got to the Mets. And then the Mets had, like, one of the historically best pitching performances ever out of Matt Harvey and Noah Syndergaard and uh, Jacob deGrom and mm-hmm. Stephen Matz. Um, and then in 16, obviously, you win the World Series. I don't know. It's it's super frustrating. I... It, I the Cubs have had like four different hitting coaches too during this stretch, yep. and at some point, as hard you know, you you've invested a lot of time and not so much money because a lot of these players are still on rookie contracts, but you've invested a lot of time and energy and just your your future and value in a lot of these players and I think it's hard to accept that maybe these players aren't going to be a career long success story. Maybe yeah. 2016 was a magical year when everything came together in the right way. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not set up for sustained success like Theo Epstein said. And so I'm sounding major downer today. Um, because I mean the Cubs are in the playoffs and I should be celebrating that. I'm excited. I am excited. They are. I still have a lot of confidence they can get out of this series against the Marlins. Um, but man, seeing those stats was a sucker punch. It it literally like seeing 2.15 runs per game in the playoffs since yep. Game Seven of the World Series in 16. That like took the air out of me for a second because I was just just like, wow. And that's been an ongoing trend, like you said. And you, they've switched hitting coaches multiple times, and now they've switched switched managers yep. even this year. So, I mean, at that point, you look at the constant being the players. Um, that, and that's what and, I was trying to suggest earlier. Um, right, and nothing against them because, obviously, they that World Series – a World Series championship is huge. Yeah. There, How many other teams have won a World Series in the past yeah, decade? And, Not a and lot. And for the Cubs, you know? they'll be so. forever heroes in Chicago, no matter what they yeah. do the rest of their career. Right. But but maybe that was like the absolute ceiling. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just if that's the reality, then I have to look at what changes need made. So, yeah. Hmm. Yep. I. Uh, so it was kind of, I guess – reality continues to set in for me about the Cubs and I guess that's part of why I'm upset about it yep no I get you yeah it's a good um, WBU what's that mean WBU what about you what 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 oh. about you oh 
text abbreviation. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was like a, a Cubs slogan or something. <laughs> WBU. Or, or like WAR, wins above replacement. <laughs> yeah, right. Like a baseball WRC term. plus. <laughs> right. I do not know what that uh, stat means, by the way. WRC. The weight, weighted runs created plus. I don't understand what that stat is. I don't know how that works. Yeah. There's so many weird metrics, though, for baseball. You know, you know what BABIP yeah. is? Batting mm-hmm. average of balls in play. So it's basically like taking strikeouts taking and out walks strikeouts. out of the equation. Qu- basically just strikeouts out of the equation. Because walks don't really the only average. The only stats I really care about, like for hitters, are OPS. Uh, batting average, OPS, and on base. like... Uh, yeah, on base percentage, I, like the even like slugging percentage, like I don't even know really how they get yeah. that metric, you know. So yeah, yeah, baseball is just one of those funny numbers games. So yep. Um, so yeah, my vent sesh is baseball statistics. No, um, <laughs> mine is my iPad math. charger. <laughs> my iPad charger is broken. So nice. this isn't a super serious debate or a super serious vent. I've kind of had been thinking for a while of one to do. So thankfully, I don't have anything super serious that I'm upset about. But just yesterday, it stopped working. It had already done this thing for a while where you know how chargers kind of stop working. So you have to push the cord further into the connector port to try to make it work. And then you have to bend it. And then you have to put the phone on top of it so it's like weighted down yeah, on top of the charger. Yeah, it has to be the perfect angle. And- yep. If you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, all, these other th- <laughs> all these things Insert you have to do with a charger. Insert it just right. <laughs> right. Um and it's just frustrating because it's like I buy these cheap chargers, which I need to stop doing. But like I'll just go to Walmart and get a $10 charger. And then I end up going through like five of them a year. And it's just so stupid because it's like. What kind of. what yeah. kind, Is it the newer charger? And I say new as in like it's still like been this way since like 2010 or whatever. But the ones where it's thinner as opposed to the like the thicker old ones of the original iPhone and iPad. You know what I'm talking about? I think it's the original. One. Oh, okay. I'm not Never sure. Because I was going to say tablet. I'm not sure about the it. thinner ones. I bought a pack that had six chargers in it for fifteen dollars on Amazon, wow. and it was great because Hazel likes to chew on our chargers and breaks them. So <laughs> I bought the set <laughs> of six extra. in like July, and here we huh. are, th- like two almost three months later, and I'm we're down to two. So, and even like for my phone, the I used to have a work charger and a home charger. The home charger still works, but the phone has to be set just right. The work charger used to be the same way, but it stopped working. So I'm going to get a new one for the office. And it, I've tried so many different things. You, I used to have a 10-foot charger, which was awesome. Do you have an iPhone? Working. No, I have Android. Okay. So I can't yeah. speak to that, but I, I know for iPhone, if you go to the Apple store, they will – they have like a tool – and a way they can look in to see like what kind of debris buildup is in your charging port and your phone. Because at yeah. one point, I thought my phone w- was biting the dust because mm-hmm. it wasn't charging. It just had. And dust I took in it in, in the charging. I part. took it in. I mean, I was able. I I tried cleaning stuff out because people recommended that, but I took it yeah. in, and they were like, they had. I don't know what was in my pockets, but they had to like, <laughs> really get like get a special tool to get it out. But they did, and my huh. phone worked fine after that. So, interesting. I don't know if, and it's an older phone, so yeah, there's some of that. But the iPad's not old; it's just the charger stopped working. So, do you know it? Was, do you know annoying. it's the charger, or, or 
Yeah, because oh, okay. I when at work when I've used other people's chargers and stuff, it's been fine. That's so. gotcha. Yeah, she has a charger. Yep. So I I don't again. <laughs> that's all I have to complain about. Then that's not bad. But <laughs> that's been my most recent frustration today. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get into our main topic. Uh, all right. Well, really, all of our news. Uh, honestly, this will be kind of a. I don't feel like we have tons to talk about with each of these. Uh, just more like little news snippets here or there. Yep. So first, just kind of talk about the MLB playoffs. Those started on Tuesday, September mm-hmm. 29th, uh, with the AL wildcard series starting. And then the NL wildcard started on Wednesday. So, you know, this podcast is released here on Thursday. We know the results of both Tuesday and Wednesday's games. And so far, we know that Tampa Bay and... Uh, let's see, Tampa Bay and the Astros have both advanced into the next round, the official ALDS, the division round. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Yankees were winning last I checked against the Indians. Let me check that because it was a close game. If the Yankees do win, then they will advance to the ALDS. And they will... It's 8-8 right now. Let me see. What inning is it? Bottom of the 8th. Interesting. So that'll unless that's not super up, super current. Let me check. I'll look into it. So we'll the you know you listening to this tomorrow or on Thursday will know the result of that game. The Yankees very well could be moving on to the ALDS, awaiting only then the result of the White Sox Athletics series, which is tied currently at one to one. And the National League uh, today the. Dodgers last I saw were destroyed they were beating the Brewers weren't they yeah uh, let me check that score right now Yankees are losing eight to nine now at the oh, end of the eighth so going into the ninth so we'll have an we'll know the score by the time this episode's All over right, well, we'll try to update um, you probably during the scorecast uh so keep that up man Michigan, uh, if you know what I mean it's only three to two <laughs> it's three to two right now in the bottom of the six Dodgers are winning okay it was fairly close. All right, interesting. I think the Dodgers got up to a quick two or three run lead in the first. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. so the Dodgers are currently leading their game, um, but we know the results of Padres, Cardinals, Cardinals won game one, Cubs, Marlins. Mm-hmm. I already you if you didn't pick it up based on my event, the Marlins won game one, and Braves, Reds, a brutal thirteen inning, <laughs> one to nothing victory. So that means if you if you did the math, there it was zero to zero for. 12 innings 12 and a half innings sounds like the cubs playing the cubs yeah uh actually trevor <laughs> bauer he struck out 12 in like seven innings which is really good wow um, yeah anyway really good pitching performance but the braves come out on top one nothing uh so that's your mlb news uh so tomorrow you have the white Sox. uh you have the white Sox, the cubs the padres and the reds who are all fighting for their life and we'll find out tomorrow, I guess the Athletics too, and then we'll find out tomorrow if the Yankees and Indians are included in that list and if it's the Dodgers or the Brewers. So we should find that out later this episode. The three-game series are just interesting how fast they turn where literally whoever wins the first week or the first game, the other team's already on their heels yep. to win two in a row. Yeah. You know, like – um usually that's the kind of thing that happens later in a series where okay it's 3-1 now you can't lose yeah. like all of these are must win yep. games well with these three game series as soon as one game happens 
the other teams facing that. Uh, so it's just an interesting dynamic. Um, I personally like even, still like I like the three game series better than the single wild card game. I do too. Um, yeah, because it is more true to baseball. But your rotation and everything, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, it's just also crazy though that there's some series going into like this afternoon and evening that were already over uh like tampa bay you said um well tampa bay also they went up like eight nothing in the second inning and so like yeah at that point the blue jays are just like well it was fun while it lasted yeah yeah but you and it's crazy to me still that tampa bay is as good as they were this year they're the number one seed in the al well the yankees Um, choked a lot during the season yeah yeah but like that the fact that Houston and Tampa were already both moved on to the next round before LA and uh and uh Milwaukee had even played the first game of their series. I you think know, before like, the Padres and St. Louis played even. Yep. And before uh it was it might have even been before Cubs Marlins. It was Marlins. during I don't know. Cubs Marlins and those advanced. Okay. But. Yeah. So just interesting, yeah. but I I also like the three game series. Uh, I'm really excited to see how teams handle being down one nothing, like the Cubs. Um, also the Padres with them being a young team. Uh, St. Louis having some experienced players. You know, just how how will that dynamic yeah. play well, out? Well, we saw um, the the only example really we have right now is the Athletics, and the Athletics yep. responded by tying the series. Uh, yep. So we'll see how sure. that goes game three. Um, yep. But. Uh, Moving on to some NCAA news, uh, all I have for you is just that, and I think I mentioned it even on the last episode, that Notre Dame is up to 18 COVID cases right now, and mm-hmm. obviously that's bad. Um, they weren't going to play this week anyway because of a bye week, but any chance of making up their game against Wake Forest is now out yep. the window for this week because of all that. So I don't know what the next game looks like. I don't know how realistic that is i don't know what the standards are in the ncaa for and in the acc specifically for how long players have to wait before they're clear um because the big 10 it's 21 days right which is i don't think it's as long and i don't think it is either it shouldn't be (laughs) honestly but yeah so uh but Yeah. yeah that's all i got do you have any ncaa news that's not really any news specific to teams obviously uh october 24th i believe is opening day for michigan play a night game against minnesota so i'm just counting down the days we're less than four weeks away now um and so that's exciting some more big matchups i'll be watching this weekend um not as many exciting matchups as last weekend but there's a couple i'm really looking forward to texas a&m and alabama it's going to be a good game i do think alabama wins that fairly convincingly but um yeah. yeah, we'll talk about this in the scorecast, but like, there's a couple of games between ranked teams that I'm looking forward to this week. But as far as news, uh, no, not really. So speaking of games, Alabama usually wins. We should we should try to raise some money, and that we should then bet all that money on the Citadel to beat Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or at least cover the spread because it's probably yeah, yeah. like a thirty point spread. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> the Citadel. Um, all right, NBA Finals uh, game one just ended at the time of recording. The Lakers curb stomped the Miami Heat mm. after the Heat came out to an early lead. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate going on, and we may even debate this going forward. Maybe next week we'll hold more of a debate style show since it's kind of the spirit of the season here in America. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, a lot of there's been a lot of people saying if LeBron wins this series, it cements him as the goat. Um, hmm. I'm gonna leave that up to you, the listener to decide what you think. Um, <laughs> but I I will say for anybody who is against LeBron being the goat, I think an argument for this year will be that the Heat is the team that you beat. It wasn't the Bucks or the Raptors or the Celtics, the three teams that everyone expected. It was the Heat who were the fifth seed, I think. Um, Which to that, like, there's lots of reasons I would agree that you could argue that Jordan's the GOAT, but this is one I've never agreed with. Like, you can only play, which you talk about the Bears too. You can only play in front of you. I'm not saying I'm making that argument, but if... No, that'll be People against it, though, I can see them saying that. Yeah, even though the Heat, tons of credit to them, they beat all those teams yeah. who are supposed to be playing the Lakers. Now, so in fairness, yeah. people who do say, people make that same argument about the Mavericks team that, that LeBron's Heat faced, but the reason yep. that's a fair argument is because the Heat lost that series. Right. If they wouldn't have, then people would have still tarnished it and said, yeah, it was the Mavericks. Right, you know, like, but then yeah. they would have still said that, but I personally wouldn't have taken that into account. But it's no. easier for me to side with that because they lost to a Mavericks team that really, for the most part, was Dirk and and other people. <laughs> yep. So, yep. all right. It's almost a lose-lose situation when it comes to public perspective, perception when you play yeah. teams that you're supposed to beat like that. So, yeah. Interesting topic, though. Yeah. All right. Lastly, uh, we don't have any, any NHL news uh, because the Tampa Bay Lightning won uh, last episode and... I don't yep. think there's any plans for a parade because you can't really host anything like that right now. So <laughs> nothing to report well, there. Well, I mean, it might be fairly easy to social distance Tampa Bay Lightning fans. Um, what, just me and space them 100 feet apart and have plenty <laughs> of leftover room? So, <laughs> Actually, I do. I did just have one piece of news that popped in my head. from Earlier today it was announced that uh, Henrik Lundqvist's time with the New York Rangers is officially over. Wow, so that that's big. Yeah, that's a big. Yeah, because that's he's been tied. Kind of an end of an era. Yeah, fifteen yeah. seasons he's played with the Rangers, and he's yep. every year been you know among the tops in goalies. Um. Yep. So yeah, that that is big news. Hmm. So, um, moving on then to uh the NFL Week Four, uh we've got. A couple previews for you headed up here. First, we've got the Lions uh, facing the New Orleans Saints. Are the Lions in New Orleans or in Detroit? In Detroit. Okay, so the Saints visiting Ford Field. Uh, we have a preview for you from John Hendricks of uh, Saints News Network for Sports Illustrated. So check that out first. And then right after that, stay tuned for our interview with Jacob Mummert of Colts, Colts Bra. Wow, I can't speak. <laughs> Of what now? <laughs> oh man, I'm starting to sound like when Joe Biden over here. Ex- <laughs> when the Colts need some extra support, be sure to get a Colts bra. <laughs> no, so I had a uh, interview with uh, Jacob Mummert of Colts Brawl uh, to talk about the Bears Colts matchup that's on Sunday. So stay tuned for that yep. after you listen to this first interview with John. Okay, listeners, so I'm here for the Lions Saints preview with John Hendricks of the Saints News Network for Sports Illustrated. Uh, John, good to have you on the show. 
Hey, thanks for having me this afternoon. Uh, so as we get started, why don't you first tell us about yourself and your sports fandom? So how did you get started covering the Saints? Yeah, so uh, I've been doing this since the end of the 2011 season. Um, you know, obviously that was a brutal loss for the Saints in the playoff exit. And so, mm. you know, it was one of those things where I've always followed football. And, um, you know, I remember I'm an 80s baby, so – I always remember being at my grandfather's and watching old Super Bowl tapes and, and talking about, you know, the, the stuff from the 70s and the 80s. And I was a big football follies guy and always loved watching football growing up. And so, you know, it was one of those things where I reached a point where in my adulthood, I, I loved to talk about football with my buddies. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I knew and followed the Saints and a whole bunch of that stuff. And just, just as a fan of the league, right? And Mm -hmm. I just uh, put two and two together because they said, hey, you got a lot to say. Why don't you ever think about putting it out there? And so I first started with like a little blog spot back in the day, if anybody remembers those from Google. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> I latched on with Fan Sided to cover the Saints uh, just a couple months later. And then a few months later, it escalated. They wanted me to, to co-edit the site and co-manage it. And then I ended up doing it myself. And did that for three and a half years and grew and grew and grew and um, jumped over to SB Nation and did some freelancing for the newspaper, local channel six NBC affiliate here and just kind of grew from there. Right. And then uh, December last year, I latched on with uh, Sports Illustrated and Saints News Network. So just right. been kind of one of those journeys and it's been fun and, and I really love what I do. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so as we talk about the Saints this season, um, obviously a tough loss Sunday night, um, really good game back and forth between two teams. I was rooting for you with you playing the Packers, but, um, how are you feeling at three weeks into the season about the Saints? Yeah, look, I, I think, um, I feel okay. Obviously it's not the, uh, the showing we probably expected. Um, but you know, some of that could probably be attributed to, uh, you know, the way things have kind of developed with COVID, right? And mm -hmm. look, uh, again, you know, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for this team because there's a lot that's been wrong. I mean, the penalties have been absurd. The defensive play has been horrendous. I mean, you know, anytime you give up 34 plus points a game in the past two, I mean, you're not going to win football games like that. And you know, it's crazy because the first game of the year, everything looked good, right? And the defense looked good against Tom Brady. The offense wasn't great, but they did what they needed to to, to pull out a victory and still put up 30-plus points. And so, uh, again, this is a team that's not that good in September. I mean, Sean Payton's now they're, under them. They're 25 and 23 in the month of September. I mean, yep. October is their bread and butter. They're 38 and 13, I believe. And so uh, there's a, a lot of optimism for them to look good going forward, but – you know, look, this has been a wake-up call for this team, a gut check, and I expect them to kind of rebound here uh, very quickly. Yep. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so, specifically, when you look at certain personnel guys, like, obviously, Drew Brees has been in the news a lot. Kamara has been amazing. Um, Michael Thomas is one who, um, I, I don't know what you have, if there's an update on his injury. Is he still targeting a return this week, or what's the update with him? Yeah, it looks like uh, if everything plays out, obviously Wednesday is going to be huge for them when they start practicing again. But, mm. you know, I think there's optimism, hopefully, for his return. They are going to get pieces like Marcus Davenport back. Um, they lost Jared Cook yep. to a uh, groin injury on, on Sunday night. So that's obviously going to be a big hurt. And they'd also lost Andres Pete, their left guard. But you might get Marcus Davenport back. You hopefully have Michael Thomas because their offense has been kind of lacking 
uh, a good bit without him. And just it, it just helps you appreciate him more, I guess, is the best way to put it. So he's uh, one that we'll have to watch pop up on the injury report. I know he feels good and he doesn't want to be out of action. So mm-hmm. I would lean more for him to, to potentially practicing more this week and seeing how it goes. And then they'll make a ruling on it by Friday. For sure. Yeah. So looking ahead to this Lions game, um, what are your keys to the game or maybe some matchups you think that are interesting? Uh, Like what are things you'll be looking for on Sunday? Well, I'm going to look and see how, how this team matches up against the Lions offense. I mean, again, I think uh, them getting Kenny Galladay back was a huge, Mm -hmm. huge piece for, for them to have success. And look, I, I get it. It's, um, it was a, a thing where the Cardinals were pretty heavily favored. Um, and look, I mean, Matt Stafford's a guy you just can't count out. And, and look, I know the Saints had some issues with Darren Waller the other week. Uh, guarding the tight end, they kind of shored those up. But TJ Hawkinson is a guy who's very, very talented. You've got Danny Amendola, Marvin Jones Jr. You've got a whole lot of options, right, for Matt Stafford. And so I, I'm just really looking forward to seeing how they, they – match up against this Lions offense, what they're going to do from a, a personnel perspective. I mean, the Saints have kind of rolled more nickel, nickel and dime coverage. Um, and so I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how they, they match up there. And look, I mean, you know, they the Lions have Chase Daniel. I'm sure they'll get some good insight on how the Saints move the football and how they like to work as an offense. And obviously some things have changed there for sure. But, you know, yeah. offensively, can they find their groove? Can they – can Drew Brees throw the deep ball? Can the Lions slow down Alvin Kamara? Because at this point, I don't think you can shut him down. You can only no. hope to, to <laughs> slow him down yep. uh, at this point. So, look, and then if you don't have Jared Cook, you're going to have to uh, to, to kind of get some of these other weapons in there. And if you don't have Michael Thomas, that's going to be a big hurt too. But they have just got to find a way to move the ball. And if that's Kamara 15 – almost, you know, 15 times through the air and – uh, another dose on the ground game. We'll we'll see, but I think these two will match up pretty well. Yeah, that's another interesting thing you mentioned with Thomas. Like you don't realize how much how good he is, maybe till he's not even there. Um, yeah, with Galladay coming back, obviously it's a huge boost, and you kind of forget how big of an impact a receiver can make. So I think Thomas coming back is something we'll all be watching because that's going to be huge either way. So, um, okay, so. With that being said, like the keys, the key matchups, how important do you think this game is for each team um, relative to their end of the year goals? And where do you think you see each team ending the year, whether that's in the standings well, or record or whatever? Yeah, I mean, super huge, important part of the game for the, both teams. Obviously, you know, with the Lions after this, they've got a, a little bit different path. You know, they, they've got the Jaguars after that, and they got the Falcons. You know, obviously, they'll, we'll be rooting for them there. And, yeah. <laughs> and the Colts, an interesting team. And same thing with the Vikings. So, I, I think um, the schedule plays out in both teams' favor. I don't know. I'd say this is a must-win for either squad, uh, maybe more so for the Saints, uh, just because of the way things have been rolling. Um, you know, the good news is they do have a little bit easier, favorable schedule, just like the Lions, right? They've got the Chargers. they got the Panthers at home. Yep. Then they'll have a bye – or actually they have a bye week in between there, and then they got the Bears, and then that big rematch with the Buccaneers. So, look, I, I think um, when it comes down to it, just because of the aspirations and expectations of the Saints coming into this season, a Super Bowl contender, Super Bowl favorite, the pressure is more on them to do well in this game and, mm-hmm. and fans – kind of antsy if you will and so 
I, I think it's it's for them. It's it's really their game to win and their game to lose here. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Do you expect uh, when you look at the division? Uh, obviously, the Falcons are free falling right now. Um, yeah, another <laughs> collapse on Sunday. Um, but where do you see the Saints finishing the division? Do you think they win it? How real do you think the Buccaneers are? Obviously, that game coming up in a few weeks is going to be huge, like you said. But um, where do you expect the division to end? Yeah, you know, coming into it, I wasn't sold on Tampa. And, of course, given how they, they beat up on on Sunday, I, I still I still have some questions about them. I think their mm-hmm. secondary is starting to, to figure things out, which is a good thing. And that's kind of been – the, the scary part for Tampa is that, you know, they have a great front seven. They have a, a lot of talent there. And for me, their secondary has been kind of that missing link in their offensive line protection too. So look again, I, I think st- the Saints are still very much in this. Obviously I, I think they're going to win the division still. I picked them at 12 and four to begin the season. I didn't think it was going to be a gimme by any means or any stretch of the imagination. I had them, losing, you know, one out of these first four games. I actually thought it would be the Lions, but it turned out, uh, you know, it would be two of the Raiders and the, and the Packers. And so I think mm-hmm. I actually flipped that prediction because I thought the Raiders would end up winning in my first prediction. So mm-hmm. I think as it unfolds, you know, again, I think this team can rebound. They have the great coaching. They have three years of great success. And, and I feel like they, they'll edge out Tampa. But, you know, Carolina's still trying to find themselves a very very uh they were one play away from losing that game but I, I like Teddy Bridgewater and you know it's encouraging to see them do things without Christian McCaffrey who's probably going to miss the game against them unless something magic happens but look I think this is the Saints division to still win and um you know I don't know other than you know maybe Seattle uh, maybe Green Bay those are probably the two strongest teams coming out of the gate right now in the NFC Mm, yeah good thoughts I agree for sure so um okay I don't know if you've given this on any of your platforms or if you're kind of waiting on the prediction but do you have a prediction yet for the score on Sunday or just any other notes on the game yeah I haven't given any predictions yet you know and uh typically how it runs you know we're still looking at some of the Green Bay stuff and seeing how that rolls off and I'll, I'll have a first look preview tomorrow um, at this matchup because it's so interesting. And so, look, I, again, I remember last time the Saints were there in, in Detroit, and Detroit's one of those teams where sometimes they just give the Saints some fits, and whether it's been on the road or at home. Uh, you know, I remember when they came to play, um, you know, they it was a Monday night game, and the Saints just laid, laid the bed and just couldn't do anything against them, and just mm-hmm. a very uncharacteristic game. I'm, I'm actually, I think it's Golden Tate went off against them, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember offhand, yeah. but you know, it's just an interesting way to go. And and look, I, I think this will be another back and forth game. I don't expect either team to have everything figured out by week four, but I do expect both teams to have some improvement here. I I think it's still going to be a close game. I think this is a first to thirty wins. Um, I'm going to take the Saints on the road just because I, I think they can figure this out. I'm going to take them 31-27. Nice. I like it. Uh, okay, so as we finish up, yeah, thanks for coming on again, uh, giving your thoughts on this game. Let the listeners know where they can find you and some of your work. Absolutely. So you can follow me on Twitter at John J. Hendricks. It's, it's Hendricks just like Jimmy, no relation, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and then obviously – you can catch up all of our work for, for Sports Illustrated on Saints News Network, um, Saints News on Twitter, and then si.com slash NFL slash Saints. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, thanks again for coming on the show. And, yeah, look forward to maybe talking to you again in the future. And uh, best of luck this season.
Thanks. Appreciate right, thanks, it. Man. Looking forward to my first trip to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. All right, have a good one. Our listeners, we're very excited to bring on Jacob Mummert of Colts Brawl to talk about the Colts-Bears matchup that is coming up this Sunday. So, Jacob, how are you doing? Uh, doing great. You know, we're coming off a win on Sunday. Although it was to the Jets, it was it was still a really good win, and uh, I'm looking forward to week four, man. This is going to be fun. Hey, from a Bears fan's perspective, don't let anybody tell you that right. a win against a bad team is not a win or not right. a worthy win. Yeah. <laughs> so – First, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? How'd you get into podcasting about the Colts? And what about your fandom as a Colts fan? All that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I've I've been a Colts fan my entire life. My dad was a Colts fan. Grandpa was a Colts fan. You know, you'd go over and see all the, the, the cool stuff they had hanging up in their house. But I really started to dive deeper into the Colts and, and kind of craft my own fanship, I would say, with the Bears Colts Super Bowl. That's mm. the moment that that really engaged me. And from then on out, I've been, you know, learning the the names on the rosters, you know, figuring out where they go, all that. So so that's probably when I, I really started hardcore fanship and started uh, collecting stuff for myself and everything like that. But uh, and then, you know, fast forward now on the podcasting side, I mean, I went to school at Butler University, graduated with a degree in sports media and had a a small portion of a class on podcasting. And I was like, Oh, this would be cool, but I want to do more of the production side of things. And then with COVID, uh, I just uh, kind of yeah. wrecked those plans, but, uh, but I was able, you know, to, to kind of find this, this route with, with podcasting. And I, I am a co-founder of the say it again, sports network, uh, where we have, uh, Say it again, sports podcast. We have a football, basketball, like you were on. Uh, yep. We have a pop culture, so that was fun. And then that spiraled into now a uh, position with Colts Brawl as a host and a writer. And I mean, it, it's fun to, to, you know, to get to talk and write about one of your favorite teams that you followed since you were little. It's oh, it's yeah. finally, you know, it's like all those years paying attention is is finally rewarding. Definitely, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, cool. So, I I will agree with you that the. The Bears Colts Super Bowl, even though my team was on the other side of things, mm-hmm. uh, that was a very formative year in my Bears fandom. Um, my all-time favorite Bear is Devin Hester, and oh yeah, much of it is yeah. due to '06 and '07 because those back-to-back years he had like six returns each year. Just anyway, side note. But uh, <laughs> getting on to this year's Bears and Colts teams. Um, the Colts are sitting at 2-1 and one after what I think to most people is a surprising loss to Jacksonville, uh, yeah. though they, they beat the Vikings. I don't know if people were surprised about that then. I know now, looking back, the Vikings have a lot of question marks, um, yeah. and then obviously being the Jets. So I think there's a lot of questions raised as to the legitimacy of this team. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that's 100% fair. And I think, you know, if you were to look at the schedule at the beginning of training camps, you could say, okay, relatively the Colts could start 3-0, and potentially 2-1 two, two and one, like we are. But that loss I probably would have attributed to the Vikings, not necessarily right. <laughs> to the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one. That was, hey, I don't know what our problem is in Jacksonville. That's it was a trap game. You know what happens? Yep. And, and without, I'm, I'm totally blaming it on, you know, no preseason. We had a lot of new players on both sides of the ball. Everyone still wasn't comfortable with each other. So, well, you know, Minshew had like a record setting right. performance too. Yeah. So, and it, you know, and, and it didn't help that Jacksonville was like blowing things up going into that week. Cause that didn't, 
yeah, that didn't help us at all. But whatever, Colts fans, we try we try to forget that game. Uh, but but then you can you know you go up against the Vikings, who everyone I think kind of thought they were going to be a pretty good team, and then you get that win, and you're like, all right. Well, then now you see that the Vikings have have struggled, and and I believe are zero and three at this point, and you're like, okay, well. And then you go up against the Jets, and everyone's like, well, yeah, they should have beat the Jets. So, uh, as a fan, I would like to think our team is is playing well above where people think we are at this moment. Um, we are notoriously known for playing down to competition, like I think we mm. saw in week one. Uh, but I was really excited in the Jets win, how big of the scoring margin was and the fact that we still played our game, didn't play down to the Jets who were, you know, trying to find guys off the street, it seemed like, to, yeah. to fill positions. So uh, I think that although I wouldn't say we, we have reached our potential yet, I think that we are on the right track. And if our defense can keep up this play, I mean, I think we're going to be a pretty scary team to look out for. Yeah, so the defense, I feel like, is the main thing I've been hearing mm-hmm. about. The, I, I haven't had that many opportunities to watch very much of the Colts this year yet, um, but I've been hearing mainly about the defense, and I've been hearing, honestly, primarily negative things about Phil Rivers at this point, Philip Rivers. So I'm just curious, like, what is your opinion of – where Philip Rivers is at as the quarterback of the Colts. Yeah, so if you go on Facebook and and you join a couple Colts groups, you will see back and forth posts and it's almost consecutive where someone's praising Philip Rivers and someone's saying that Jacoby Brissett should start. Uh, and 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 you know in the Jets game Jacoby Brissett did get to play. Well, some fans took that as, "Oh, Philip Rivers done. Like we're going with Jacoby." No, guys. It was 36 <laughs> to 7 we're putting the backup in to still get him some reps. So um, I I'm perfectly fine with, with Phillip rivers moving forward. I, you know, in the long scheme of things, I think he's a, a short-term answer to a potential uh, quarterback issue down the line. But I think for, for right now, he's getting the job done that we need out after week one. You're like, Oh no, this, this is not going to work if he throws the right. ball 41 times. Uh, but he's really scaled down. I mean, cut him in half in week two and, and here recently only threw the ball like 21 times. So, I mean, if he can keep up that, small passing game and be as efficient as he is. I think that's great because we really want to focus on the run game. Uh, so I think he's a great quarterback to have there. And I was on another podcast and, and we were talking about leadership styles because, you know, Jacoby Brissett went from a starter and a captain to now the backup and, and Philip Rivers kind of takes his spot. And I, I still look at them as both leaders. Uh, Philip is like an extension of the coach on the field. He's telling guys what he sees, what they need to do. And Jacoby's got that motivational leadership on the sideline that's coaching guys up, helping them see things, helping them get ready to go in the game and make an impact. So I think they're they're a great pair. But, yeah, I mean, Philip Rivers is my QB1 unless he gets hurt or something for some unknown reason because, I mean, he's just – he's the guy that's going to get it done. Gotcha. Cool. Well – I've been hearing a lot of uh, a lot of Bears analysts already kind of thinking that Philip Rivers' style at this point in his career, with more of the short passing game, mm-hmm. is something that will benefit the Colts uh, going up against the Bears. So, uh, what I just bringing that out, uh, we'll get into the yeah. keys for the Colts in this game in a little bit. Um, but uh, speaking of another team that had a quarterback substitution, the Bears are three and O after beating the Lions, Giants, and Falcons. So we talked about the legitimacy of the Colts. And mm-hmm. uh, I've said my piece a lot on our podcast, so I'm honestly just curious to hear more of an outsider's opinion of what your thoughts are on the legitimacy of the Bears. So it's interesting uh, because 
at least a handful, I think, of, of their wins thus far have been pretty tight, and they've been able to pull it off. I, I watched the, the Bears-Falcons game, one, because I had Mitch Trubisky as my starting quarterback in fantasy, and, <laughs> and two, because it was the only other game on locally uh, where I'm at. So, yeah. so I was watching that game, and, and especially after you know the Falcons blew that lead against the Cowboys, all yep. this, I wanted to see what was going to happen. And I, I was shocked that they swapped out Trubisky like that. Um, it was very abrupt. It was yeah. very abrupt. And I'm, I'm not a Chicago bears fan. I know there's plenty of people I've seen on Twitter that are like, that was the right move. You know, that that's what we needed to do. And that's fine because I, I haven't paid as close of attention so far this season. That was the, the first game I really got to sit down and watch. Uh, but I thought it was very abrupt. And I was listening to some, some sports talk uh, this morning and they were saying, you know, Nick Foles is a quarterback that's great in the backup spot. He comes in, spells a quarterback, and can get the job done. Not entirely sure what you're going to get from him as a starter. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that shouldn't be a difference. But I I think it is. You know, when you have a quarterback that plays half the game, you can see what he's doing wrong and see ways to exploit the defense that he might not see right there Mm -hmm. in the moment. Uh, So I think it'll be be interesting to see Foles in the the starting position for, Mm -hmm. I mean – potentially all four quarters. I think that's, that's what they're rolling with. Uh, And it's just, it's, it's kind of an awful situation, I think, because, you know, Trubisky was, was, you know, supposed to be this pride and joy and you bring in Foles to challenge him. He gets his shot for two and a half weeks and then now it's Foles. And it's almost, I, I, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like it's Foles until he screws up and then it's back to Trubisky. And it's, so I, I hate to see, that happened to, to any quarterback, but especially for the team, because that's got to mess up chemistry. That's got to, uh, I mean, you're only in week four now, but, but still, you know, going down the line, if they make another quarterback change and, and things like that, I just, I feel like it could be a bad revolving cycle. It's interesting just to hear, like I said, an outsider's perspective. I've, I've been a quote unquote Trubisky truther, um, mm-hmm. but uh, there was so much on that game that I did see that were just, flashbacks from all of the bad games he had last year and knowing that it was a competition going in Mm -hmm. I was starting to prep myself for falls I didn't think it was going to happen mid-game but yeah uh, I thought that was that was strange and full started out with a pick right he he gets in and and the first thing he does is throw a pick so I was like oh great now I tweeted I tweeted out I said uh I said that's the like the most poetic bears thing ever (laughs) for the Foles yeah. to replace Trubisky to throw a pick right away. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so thinking about, I guess, the Foles storyline, uh, I think Philip Rivers being older and yeah. um, with the Colts is a storyline in and of itself. Between quarterbacks, what other storylines do you are you looking for this week or what other interesting matchups are you looking at this week for the Bears and Colts? Yeah, so so for the storyline wise, the Colts. I mean, I feel like every year we we have some some pretty high key injuries happen, and we we've already seen that. I mean, we lost Malik Cooker with an Achilles injury for the yep. season. Paris Campbell had to have surgery on a PCL MCL injury, and not sure when we're getting him back. Michael Pittman Jr., our, our rookie wide receiver, which is doing well, just had to have surgery for uh, compartment leg syndrome, which yeah. I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it's that, yeah, yeah, it's it's extremely serious, and and that whole story is is crazy. But I won't dive deep into that <laughs> one. So we just we have these Marlon injuries. Mack too, right? Yeah, Marlon Mack. Oh. Oh, yeah. I mean, I forgot that was week one. Uh, yeah. So, so it's like, you know, just 
injuries popping up. So I think one storyline to watch is how can these backup players step up? And, and so far we've seen, you know, our secondary step up with uh, rookie Julian Blackman is filled in, uh, veteran Tavon Wilson stepping up, Xavier Rhodes and TJ Carey, which were very suspect going into this season. Uh, I mean, three picks in, in back-to-back games. I'm not mm-hmm. going to argue about that. So I think that defensively, I think our guys have stepped up. I'm curious to see who steps up on offense because you go from Jonathan Taylor in week two having a 100-yard rushing game to then in week three only getting like I don't even think he reached 60 yards. Yeah, uh, I'm a Jonathan was, Taylor fantasy owner. Yeah. So I was okay, happy when so, yeah. Marlon Mack went down. And then that first, that second week, I was like, yes, this is yes. a great move. And yeah. then last week, I was a little disappointed. But Kamara yeah. saved me. So Yeah, <laughs> a, a little disappointed, I, I think, is, is where I was at. And I understand the Colts want to get these running backs mixed in. But mm-hmm. I also want to see what the rookie can do. Like, I wasn't going to complain if it was 100 yards rushing for him or that's what the goal was in every game moving forward. Uh, so so I think I'm, the storyline I'd watch the most as far as injuries go is who's going to step up on the offensive side of the ball, especially mm-hmm. a receiver, because uh, yeah. that's where we're, we're hit pretty hard right now. And we know T.Y. is injury prone. Right. So, I mean, knock on wood, he's, he's not hurt yet, but you never know when that, when that bug's going to bite him next. So I, I feel like the biggest storyline for me is who's going to step up on the offense. And then uh, a matchup to watch, I really think, is, is the secondary here because you guys have some pretty explosive receivers uh, so far. Yeah. I mean, with, uh, with uh, Anthony Miller kind of stepping up. Mooney's another guy that, that I'm kind of watching. So, uh, and, and, you know, and you lost Tariq Cohen, which is a huge loss, yeah. but you still have some guys that Alan are – Robinson. Allen Robinson. Oh, yeah, especially. Couldn't forget him. So, I mean, uh, guys across the board that I think are going to pose a challenge to our secondary. A lot of young, quick guys, which with an aging secondary is kind of making me nervous. But So, that's the matchup I'd watch is a secondary against your receivers. The storyline is the the offensive player stepping up. Cool. Real quick from just a Bears standpoint, story. the main storyline is going to be Foles. And really, most of the season, I feel like, is going to be Foles at this point since he has the job. And I think what Bears fans are going to be looking at is Matt Nagy claims, you know, from the Andy Reid system to have, you know, this crazy complex playbook. Are we going to start to see more of that playbook open up now that he has a quarterback that understands the system better? So anyway, all right. uh, I want to get into the keys for the game. So thinking about uh, the Colts, what is it? What is their main key that they need uh, to beat the Bears? Yeah. So. I, I say this on our live show Sunday mornings before the Colts games. Uh, the key to every game should be run the dang ball because yeah. w- with this running back core that we have in our offensive line, that should be the base of everything. And I wrote about this in an art- article recently that Philip Rivers is able to be as, as efficient and get the get the job done in minimal passing because of our run game because that opens up everything else for him. So I think for for our offense and Philip Rivers to have a a good turnover free game, we have to run the dang ball and we have to run it early and get Jonathan Taylor going. And I think the Colts if the Colts approach it with that offensive aspect mm-hmm. as well as Phillip Rivers' shorter passing, yeah. I think that is the way to beat the Bears because without Eddie Goldman at nose tackle, uh, and I'm still waiting for the Bears to sign Snacks Harrison, uh, the Bears' run defense has been less than desirable. Uh, but our secondary, other than the Calvin Ridley play on Sunday, right. the secondary right. has been phenomenal. So – I think you're going to beat the bears more on the ground than you are through the air. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I would, I would agree that that should be the Colts key. <laughs> yeah. So, so at least. 
Yeah, so I have a question. Uh, yeah. So last year I was a proud fantasy owner of the Chicago Bears defense, mm. and I'm not this year, and I was initially upset about that. But Khalil Mack is – what is going on with him? For, from an outsider's perspective, it doesn't look like he's getting uh, getting the prowess he normally has. Yeah, so I can understand why – there's a lot of concern there because the stats are not showing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he has like two sacks or two and a half sacks so far. Well, first thing I'll say, and I've vented about this before on our podcast, <laughs> they there's there have been literally like not exaggerating, literal like choke holds on him, and not yes. a holding penalty. Oh, not a flag thrown. And you watch the Bears Atlanta game. You said you watched it. It was pretty mm-hmm. horribly officiated. Yes. And yes, I I understand you can't. Th- I understand holding happens on every play. I understand you can't call it for every play, but I also feel like you should at least throw the guy a bone once or twice a game. Like mm-hmm. if Khalil Mack is held on every rush he he goes at the quarterback, you need to at least throw a flag once in that yeah. game yeah but aside from that he he doesn't have the sack numbers but uh he has i think he's leading the team in quarterback pressures um okay. he there was just a stat that came out today that he's like i i don't i don't understand dvoa that great oh yeah I don't. but uh whatever the advanced <laughs> metrics are there was yeah. they had a graph and mac was like the he was like basically the most efficient pass rusher and or he used to use the most efficient defensive edge rusher for both run and pass plays so far this year so the uh based on advanced metrics he's mm-hmm. playing very well and right. honestly based on the tape he's playing very well but he cannot get a flag for to save his life and yeah. uh I'm hoping that maybe, maybe that changes. I know the Colts have a good offensive line anyway, so maybe it won't change against the Colts. But at some point, you'd think the guy would get a holding call. I think the stats will come for him. Um, but yeah. as of now, Akeem Hicks is the one with the sacks lead for the Bears. So Yeah, I, I think I did notice that in the Falcons game was that he just wasn't he just wasn't able to attack the way he is. And I think you look at a guy like Aaron Donald, he just plows through everybody. Khalil Max more the finesse guy. He he gets around you that way. And yeah, I've been very upset. Uh not just in that game. I've been very upset with the officiating in in all regard, I guess. I guess the officials didn't have preseason either. Yeah. But, but yeah, I well, think there's actually, I think there's a lot of missed calls. That's the other thing to defend uh Khalil Mack on is um the sack numbers are at a record low across the league. Yeah. And so people are um, starting to draw conclusions that refs are just not throwing flags for really any of these holding calls because what there should, why would there be fewer sack numbers, especially three games in now? Like you've had, right. Yeah. So it's a good question. And no, I understand I'm, why people I'm right on board with that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I do think also, Khalil Mack every week has shown up on the injury report as limited, um, but he's he's always going to play unless he like right. seriously has a career-ending injury kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, Robert Quinn has been on and off of the injury report, 
So I don't know if maybe when those guys together can get to more of the same level of health or something, maybe you see a bigger impact. I'm not sure. I just know that he's doing everything he can. And when you're double teamed and getting choked out, yeah. there's not much you can do. <laughs> so, yeah, no. And, and I completely agree. I think having another uh, star of, of compatible health will be huge because like, I know our defensive line this year with DeForest Buckner mm-hmm. leaps and bounds better. And it's not like we've gotten, I mean, DeForest Buckner was literally the only new guy on that line. We just developed all this other talent, but everybody's able to scheme open now because yeah. of the way that you have to guard the, the stars on the line. So yeah, I think, yeah, that's going to be a huge part of it. All right, so then let's get into score predictions. Uh, do you have a score prediction for this game? If so, what is it? And then do you have any hot takes or bold predictions for this game? Hmm, so let me think about the score. I'll start with my, with my hot takes, bold predictions. Um, my hot take is the Colts are looking at trying to bring in some other players to fill these uh, injured spots. My hot take would be with use the players you got. And I know that's not a very hot take, but I, I would love to see the, the rookies and, and first-year guys, second-year guys that we have in our camp and, and in our practice squad and stuff like that get a shot before you bring in some aging veteran that's only going to be good for, for this season as a short-term fill. And I want to see what Julian Blackman can do. I want to see what Desmond Patton at wide receiver can do. I want to see what Reese Fountain can do. He's always been injured, and he looks pretty good in week three. So, so that's something I want to see happen. Uh, bold prediction, I would say Jonathan Taylor will get 100 yards again. And I will also say our defense will continue with three turnovers. I don't know if it'll be three picks. I, I, I would like it to be three picks, but I think they're, they're going to at least have three turnovers. I think um, if, if those two things happen, I think the Colts win the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and just a sidebar here. When you look at the schedule at face value, I was really looking forward to this game because I thought it was going to be one of the, the more true test of the Colts thus far. And I still think that remains true, especially with how the Vikings and Jets games have gone. Um, I think that this game is going to be a true test of, and I, and I wish the quarterback situation was a little better in Chicago because it would make it worth a little more to me. Um, but I think that this is still going to be a true test of this Colts team moving forward of, of where they kind of stack amongst other teams because they're not getting a whole lot of attention right now. And and it's because they faced the Vikings and they lost to Jacksonville and they beat the Jets. And and that's why. So I think if we can, if we can kind of, you know, win against the Bears and then we have like Cleveland, Baltimore, Green Bay, those teams coming up there, I think we'll we'll look better stacked up against there. And I think I've delayed long enough to to come up with my score here i think it's going to be tight uh so i'm going to go let's go 34 28 colts i like that i i agree with you a lot with just how this game will shake out i feel like just both of these teams with the competition they've faced so far they just there's a lot of questions like we talked about the legitimacy Mm -hmm. of these teams as competitors or not competitors contenders yeah. Um, and I, the Chicago people have been saying the same thing. Like, this is the first game where there's actually uh, kind of a litmus test that we can see how good are the Bears actually um, going up against the Colts. And for the Bears, the same thing. After the Colts, we have the Buccaneers, uh, yeah. the, the Panthers, and the Saints are our next few games. So, cool. Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so That'll much. That'll be for- fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The yeah. Panthers, I'm – Panthers, you're okay. Yeah, uh, especially without road, CMC. But, but I, th- I think you'll be all right. Yeah. The man, Buccaneers. I- I'm a little worried about. Saints have not looked 
as good as everyone thought they were going to yeah. be. So that one, that one might be a toss up. The Buccaneers is on Thursday night. So we play Colts on Sunday Ooh. and turn around Ooh. real fast for a Thursday night matchup week. at Soldier Field against the Bucks. So hmm. we'll see. We'll see how that goes for the Bears against Tom Brady. But what I really want is I really want Nick Foles and the Bears to run a Philly special against Tom Brady yeah. and the Bucks. <laughs> so do it. Do it. If Tariq Cohen was in, I mean, that would oh, be yeah. the, the best play for him. Uh, for but sure. I mean, Cordell uh, Patterson should be should be able to fill that role. He can so. do everything. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's your, he's your next gadget guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So Jacob, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can everyone find you in your work? Since I know you're in a few different places. Yeah. So I'm all over the place uh, in, in a good way. I like to think uh, you can <laughs> find me personally on Twitter at Mummert, M-U-M-M-E-R-T underscore Jacob. That's where social media platform I'm most active. Uh, I am part of the Say It Again network. So you can find us at on Twitter at the SIA, S-I-A network. Uh, and then you can see our Say It Again Sports, which I'm a host on, Big Buzzer, which I'm a host on. Uh, OutRoute is a football podcast, and we have Booze Week, a, a pop culture podcast. You can check all those out. And then for Colts Brawl specifically, we are across all social media platforms at Colts Brawl. Very, very simple, very easy. I love it. Uh, and you can check out our, our podcast, our articles. We got some great writers, some great hosts. And then we also do a live show at 1145 each Sunday uh, when the Colts play. Um, and, and we just preview the, the Colts specifically coming up, what we think the game's going to look like. We have some guests on and, and have a pretty good time. Awesome. Well, definitely go check out the Say It Again Network and go check out Colts Brawl and there's a lot of shows in the brawl network so you can go check Mm -hmm. all that out um awesome well thanks for coming on and may the best team with honestly very interesting games leading up to this so far win (laughs) yeah yeah this this will be a true test for both of us but yeah thanks so much for having me on uh love hanging out with you it's 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 always fun man great well what we'll do is uh since the nfc north is playing the afc south and our podcast we cover chicago and detroit when the Lions Colts matchup comes up later this season, we'll have you back on to talk then. Yes, I'd love that. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, before we get into our segments, we are going to take a short break. This is October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Head to shop.shootyourshotsports.com. 100% of the proceeds of Pink Ribbon Gear goes towards saving them boobies. Let's go! All right, so our first segment, we're going to get into some FN hypotheticals. So, Furious George, I'm going to ask you, uh, the first of our hypothetical sports-related questions. Well, you know. Uh, the first one. <laughs> the first one is, uh, this is a good one. If you could take back any trade that happened in your team's history since you've been a fan, what would it be? I'll defer to you first. Yeah, that. so the key, the key component to this question here is since you've been a fan. Because a lot of people would point to, um, a lot of Cubs fans would point to the Cubs trading away loot. Lou Brock for basically a no-name person to the St. Louis Cardinals but that was way before Mm -hmm. my time and my like my dad's time too so like it's very irrelevant for me to talk about that that'd be like me saying like the Red Sox trading Babe Ruth like Mm -hmm. yeah historically it's a bad move but I have I know literally nothing about it other than just that it happened 
So I'm not going to go with that. Um, any trade. This is also interesting because some of the, the names that are hopping to my mind are not so much trades, but are just bad like free agent signings. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> and so I have to kind of separate that from trades as well. Uh, let's see. I mean, for one, even though I'm excited to see what he's going to do, i not the biggest fan of trading a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles. I know that hmm. to some it might have looked like a steal, but Ryan Pace's strength is in later rounds in drafting. And like that's where he found Eddie Jackson was in like the fourth or fifth round. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I, I I don't know uh, if that's really the best example I could think of. Um, I'm trying to think of other trades. I have one that comes to mind for the Bulls. Do you have any bad Bulls trades? Well, I was really not very so I didn't really care about trading Bobby Portis or Jabari Parker for Otto Porter Jr. But when I learned mm-hmm. that Otto Porter Jr.'s contract took away a max contract spot where you could sign a top free agent, that made me mad because that was before mm-hmm. the offseason when KD and Kyrie and Kawhi yep. and Paul George and all these people are available. And yeah, and it's just like, and you're filling this with Otto Porter Jr. Good move, guys. So that was one that frustrated me. Um, are you thinking of trading Jimmy Butler? <laughs> Ooh, no, that wasn't what I was thinking oh, okay. of, but that, that could be they, Well, just because he's in the finals yeah, right now, it kind of highlights They traded it. Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves for their pick and Zach Levine and Chris Dunn. Mm-hmm. And then with their pick, the Bulls selected Larry Markkinen. So hmm. that I think that trade – I think the trade the Bulls – one because the Bulls still have those players and the Timberwolves had Jimmy Butler for a season. <laughs> yeah. Um yep. so the Bulls win that trade so it's not really that bad of a trade technically. Um I'm trying to th- I I'm I'm honestly having trouble. I'm mainly just thinking out loud here. Um who who did you have in mind? I was thinking LaMarcus Aldridge. Do you remember when he was a Bull for like 5 minutes? Was that when you were a fan? No. It probably happened during me being a fan, but I don't remember that being – I don't remember that happening, really. Okay, just because he was kind of a big name who I know was somebody who kind of was traded before people knew what it would be or whatever. Did you know, you know so. that uh, – do you know that Carmelo Anthony was actually a bull for a hot minute? I did not know that, but um, that's another example of one where it's like, yeah, they're just there for a second as a moving piece. Yeah, he so Carmelo yeah. – An- this was after Carmelo Anthony's tenure in New York, so – He's pretty much washed up at this point. And, or, no, it was after New York, after OKC, because he went there, too. And Houston, mm-hmm. right? He went to all those places. It was, like, at, before after that, but before the yeah. Blazers, he was traded to the Bulls, and basically the with another player or something, and the Bulls, like, Carmelo basically was there as, like, a type of compensation. Like, there was, like, money involved with moving mellow and then the bulls just like released him (laughs) which is hilarious to think about considering how notable of a star carmelo was when he started in this league Mm -hmm. and for so long um and kind of had a resurgence with the trailblazers sort of um but i'm I'm trying to man it's killing me because there's definitely bears ones i mean a bears example Mm. i don't i didn't think this was a bad trade 
but they traded Kyle Orton and future picks for Jay Cutler yep. um, to the Denver Broncos. I don't think Kyle Orton's interesting. Yeah, that that'd be an interesting one to debate. I don't think it was like a disastrous trade, no. but yeah, you could argue no. that. And oh, people are out there saying that the bear the Bears have lost the Khalil Mack trade, and I refuse to believe that. Well, no, and it's the kind of thing where even if you could argue that you got the worst end of that, it's not like you got a bad deal. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so oh. No. I don't know why this is taking me so long to to realize this. I know the answer. The Cubs <laughs> traded Jose Quintana. Uh, they traded Dylan Cease and Aloy Jimenez for Jose Quintana. Oh, and yeah. at the time yep. in 2017, Jose Quintana still was putting up ace-like numbers on the White Sox, and the White Sox were able to get the Cubs to give up basically their top two prospects for him. Yep. In a season where the Cubs were struggling, they were hitting like a major lull going into the trade deadline. And I actually give Theo a lot of credit because even though it looks like a really bad trade now, at the time, Jose Quintana coming to the team gave the Cubs like an extra surge of excitement and effort and motivation. And they were able to make the playoffs, win the division. Um, but... Now, after having Quintana for several years, and he's been very average, and then you gave up Eloy Jimenez, who looks like he could be an offensive superstar yep. in this league. Um, mm-hmm. Not great, Bob. <laughs> not great. <laughs> no, that's a good answer. So yeah. that's probably the one I, I would go with. I know I went a little long there, but do you have one? No, I like that. I've talked to the Wild, so have you thought of any? Well, real quick, before I give my answer, just as an update, the Indians have the bases loaded with no outs down eight nine in the top of the ninth and Gardner just struck out to get the first out um with a full count. So that's just the quick update on Yankees. Indians will kinda update as we go, but Oh yeah. boy. <laughs> Indians are in a spot or Yankees are in a spot where they could score a couple of runs here and win this series. So that'd be so uh, that'd yeah. be the most American thing ever, right? The Yankees kicking out the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> right reliving history yeah. <laughs> yeah so mine uh there's been a lot of questionable tigers trades because kind of we traded i didn't like when we got rid of castellanos i didn't like when we got rid of jd martinez i didn't like really when we got rid of verlander and scherzer and porcello and everyone we got rid everyone of everyone who's that's won kind of part of yeah they all won world series <laughs> um but that's kind of just what you do when you're kind of at a rebuild and maybe have a bunch of big contracts and stuff so none of those were by themselves big enough to be my answer here yeah. the biggest answer for me is when the pistons traded chauncey billups in 2008 to the denver nuggets for Allen iverson so obviously he was a big name but the pistons lost this trade very badly because that clo- effectively closed their window where you had guys like Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Allen Iverson, Ben Wallace. Like you have these kind of guys who you kind of have, you kind of close your window and move away your best piece out of those, which I think was Chauncey Billups, Mister Big Shot. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, it's all really been downhill since then, unfortunately. So. Yeah, that to me that is the worst trade just because it was kind of signaled the beginning of the end for the Pistons being relevant. So, so the next question I have is what sport do you think you would be the best coach at? 
Oh man, at a professional level, right? Um, I didn't. It's not in the question. It could just be in general. Yeah. <coughs> um, so I have coached basketball and baseball at like little, not super little kid level, like probably middle. It is nine to levels. nine. Yeah, so Yankees just, uh. Yeah, base hit only scored one. Or no, was it fielder's choice? Yeah, there's two outs now, so I didn't see that bat. But sack fly. Um. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, uh, yeah, I would say I'm gonna go basketball, just because I think that's the easiest as far as drawing up plays compared to football. Um, and really, when you're a good basketball coach, like you definitely see this in in the NBA, but even like high school teams, really the good coaches or the coaches who are perceived as good are usually just the ones who have the best players. So if you have talented kids and you know how to just mentor talented kids and kind of be a good influence and help uh, really just manage personalities, you can be a successful basketball yeah. coach, I think. Um, so that's my answer. Since you do coach baseball, is that your answer, or do you have? Yeah, else? simply because baseball is the one I had the most experience with playing as a kid, and so mm. I, I, I just I know the most about the fundamentals behind it that I have the most to offer people to coach. Um, mm. So, and also, <laughs> so many of the best baseball managers are people that were not good players, and so yeah. <laughs> If uh, going based off that track record, I have a great chance to be a good MLB <laughs> manager. <laughs> going off that, I'd be a Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Yankees base hit is going to score at least one. Are the Yankees batting now? Wait, I'm confused yep. because you told. So the Yankees are in Cleveland. Uh yeah. Oh okay. It's top of the ninth gotcha, right now. Gotcha. So they're bad, yeah. So they're not gonna be able to walk it off. But they just took a ten nine lead. Oh man, this is a really good game. Runner and there's still runners at second and third with two outs. So, um yeah. So no, that's a good answer. Um, yeah, baseball is just fun to coach too. Yeah, more than other sports. Um, so yeah, you can eat during it. True. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so then, the next I love I love this next question. What is your favorite uniform of a team other than your own? So your own teams that you root for, not yep. including those, because I'm assuming you like a lot of the, your team's jerseys or uniforms. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the, as far as like, there's t- plenty of teams out there that I'm just like, I think it's kind of okay or cool. But I tried to pick one that's they're not a huge rival, but a team I dislike just to make it more interesting. So out of the, the teams Packers. that are actually, no, I, not even cause I don't like them. I think their color combination sucks. I hate it, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just stupid looking. Um, one though I've always liked is Penn state, hmm. uh, with the white and Navy blue combo, the all white helmets, uh, Penn state's just always had like a classic, simple, good color combination in college football. The, the the uniforms that look like they were designed in the 1800s are the ones that are the coolest to me. Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State. Even Ohio State, like, to a certain extent. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of the silver, but I, I just don't just like classic. silver. Yeah, but yep. it's like, you know, back in the day, hmm, what color should this be? I don't know, silver and red. Like, <laughs> right. you know, there's just something... Black and white. Yeah, there, there's just know? something pure yeah. about it being so... 
simple. And uh, yeah. I, th- this is not what I'm picking the answer to this question, but that's part of why I actually do kind of like the Oakland Raiders uniform because yep. just mm-hmm. black and white and silver. Like, it's as simple as can be, but it's really – it. sometimes the simplest uniforms are the best ones. Um, and most iconic yeah. ones, yep. Uh, for me, a favorite uniform – um, I like almost any retro looking uniform just because mm. it's, it's cool to have like a throwback looking logo on a Jersey. Um, I, to me, I, I, my mind kind of goes to baseball and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would point to the Yankees home pinstripes just because they were like the first ones to do iconic. the pinstripes. Yeah, and it's iconic. But for me, the one that I actually really like is, and I don't know why, it's just a really clean look, is the Red Sox home whites. So white tops, white mm. pants. and Tall Red Sox. And the Navy, yeah, Red Sox with the Navy hat, with the red B, like the old mm-hmm. English B. It's just, it's just sharp. I like that one a lot. Um, yep. In... In football, I mentioned the Raiders. I yep. do not like the the new L.A. Rams logo, but when they first mm-hmm. went back to L.A. and were bringing back the old-fashioned yep. L.A. Rams, where they got rid of the gold and rid of the navy that they went to yep. in St. Louis, and they brought back more of the royal blue and the yellow. Yeah, that's a yeah, good that one. was sharp. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, in hockey, I think there's lots of good hockey. Yeah, hockey jerseys are just really good overall. This yeah. one is not really following by my standard of like simple and old fashioned. I really liked the Anaheim Ducks ones when they were the Mighty Ducks and had the mm-hmm. liter- the purple and green. and the literal Disney logo of the Mighty Ducks, or was the yep. goalie mask with in the shape of a duck helmet. Yeah, that was awesome. That, that was super cool, and the. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, you could give me any of the original six jerseys, and I think all mm-hmm. of them are cool. Because yeah, they're just classic. Yeah. Yeah. So. A couple honorable mentions for me, too, as we were talking, I thought of. I, I like the Astros, the orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cool look. And then uh, I actually really like the Miami Heat, uh, like the blue ones. Oh, like the, the baby newer blue. ones. The, yeah. Yeah, the ones they've been doing. I mean, the classic red ones are just I don't stand out to me really. It's nothing special, but uh, the blue ones are pretty cool. Uh, in that, I don't know if it's an alternate or. If it it's is. A, I think it's like city edition or whatever. Yeah, I really like their. They wore them in the playoffs at least once this year. I saw the um, NBA actually bothers me a lot because I feel like there were a lot of cool jerseys at a time, and now they their players are wearing like a different jersey like every game during the regular yeah. season, and it's just like you guys need to stick to what works, but. Yep. For me, if I was picking an NBA one, I really, I've always loved the Lakers purple jerseys, the old fashioned mm-hmm. ones where it's like 3D block numbers and letters. Yep. Not like the mm-hmm. current one that they have where it's purple with like the black pinstripes is also cool, but it's not yep. as cool as just the, like, if you ever look up Magic Johnson, you see him in the purple uniform. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. yep. And that one is super sharp nice so 
cool. I could talk about this a while because I like uniforms. It's a yeah, it's a nice topic. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, so okay, along those same lines, as far as cool looks and jerseys and iconic logos. Uh, last question is, where do you like to get your swag, your gear, your logos from? I like to buy mine at Fanatics. So Fanatics is. <laughs> I was waiting to see like how you follow that up or if you needed me to ask a question. <laughs> I don't know, man. Tell me it's about late. Fanatics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'll ahead. tell you. No, I like Fanatics because Fanatics has everything um, sports related. They have clothing. They have little trinkets for your desk. Like literally I've seen like paperweights. Like they literally have everything yep. that you could think of in your household or office space or anything. You can buy at Fanatics, and it's for your sports team. So you can rep your teams there. So mm-hmm. what you need to do is to go and click on our link, shootyourshotsports.com forward slash Fanatics. Find the link on that page and click on it. The link is in the description below as well. Because anything you buy through our link, you get a small discount, and we get the pro- we get the benefit of some of the proceeds of that purchase. So you can help support the show by gearing yourself up to look good. All right. Very good. Let's get to the weekly scorecast because we got lots to talk about. Yep. So first, let's get the NBA Finals out of the way uh, since it's like the only thing we're talking about that has one game <laughs> or one series. <laughs> I feel like that's what the Lakers are saying too. Let's just get the finals out yeah, of the way. Right. So <laughs> Lakers Heat. Lakers are up 1-0. Um, I think for me, I like the Heat, but I just don't. I would like to give the Heat enough credit to push the Lakers to seven, but I don't think I can. I yeah. think the best case scenario for the Heat is to win two of these games, but I think my realistic pick is the Lakers in five. Yeah, I'm taking Lakers in five, too, and the only one I'm giving is just out of respect for what they've done. But um, I've kind of had this thought going into the series, even before watching tonight, and it's just been because I really respect – the when a team overperforms what they're supposed to do in the playoffs and the way they were able to beat some of these other teams like the Celtics like the um the Bucks like teams that were supposed to be there so not taking anything away from you because you beat those teams and you were better than those teams but I think at a certain point that that magic and that run can kind of run out um and I think the Lakers are the best team they faced in the playoffs the Lakers are the best team in basketball right now um with LeBron at his age and with um, kind of his aspirations, thinking about this at, from the standpoint of his legacy, this feels like the kind of thing, if a game gets close, he and AD can just lock this up. And I don't see any way they let enough games slip yeah, by them to lose the series. So I'm going to take them in five. But even if it wasn't in five, even if it went to six or seven, I don't think there's any way the Heat win the series. Uh, I think, especially after seeing game I one. think if it goes to seven, going back to the whole LeBron debate, you're going to have more people chirping about that being – people already say about LeBron going to game seven because, look, Jordan never went to a game seven in his finals. Right. So, anyway. True. Yeah, so. <clears throat> All right. Um, moving on to the MLB playoffs. There's a lot going on. We know the Rays advanced. They're facing the winner of – Yankees Indians that game is still going on as of as currently what's the score Yankees had the bases loaded with two outs and 
had a strikeout. So they're going to the bottom of the ninth, up ten to nine. Okay. So we'll see if that holds, but um, so if the Yankees do win, then the Rays will be facing the Yankees, uh, which will be interesting because that's within the division. Um, if the Indians win, then we'll have to wait another day to find out what happens with that series. Um, do you do you want to pick for this series, or you we just want to talk about the matchups? Um, you're saying pick for like Tampa and the winner of Cleveland, New York, or or just one? the Cleveland, New York series. Oh, uh, I think the in. I think it'll be the Yankees. I mean, I think the Yankees win tonight. Yeah, um, I think, I do I'm betting on it at this point. If they don't, I still think they win the series. And um, yeah, I agree with everything you said. And then as far as that against Tampa, as good as Tampa is, I feel like the Yankees are going to build momentum in these playoffs. Um, I I think I'll I I would be f- comfortable having the Yankees going to the ALCS. But yeah, uh, this kind of just feels like kind of thing where maybe Tampa has overperformed, New York has underperformed, and it kind of returns to level maybe. Um, but I would hope Tampa Bay would, would go, but, uh, I'd have a tough choice there. I'd probably go Yankees at this point too, but. So then we have the Astros who advanced over the twins and we have the Sox who are currently tied with the A's one to one. Um, who do you have winning that series? I'd love to say the A's and I really hope they do. I just think the hitting for Chicago might be a little too much um so if this is high scoring enough and if chicago's offense stays hot enough i see them winning this next game putting up like six or seven runs potentially um i think it'll be the white Sox coming out of it i am picking the a's actually i think i hope so (laughs) i think the a's get over their playoff series losing hump that they've been on their streak i guess a little bit and uh i just think the Sox they are good they have a really good core, but as you saw today, they have a lot to learn, and they don't have exactly the timely hitting built up to where it needs to be, and I, I yeah. just think the A's with their experience will advance, and then the A's will lose to the Astros. <laughs> mm. And Yeah, I think the Astros win that series, somebody, whoever it is. Somebody tweeted out earlier today saying, the Astros winning the World Series would be the most 2020 thing ever. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. And so, to be honest, as much as I hate the Astros now, I'm kind of rooting for that to happen, just from a trolling perspective. Yeah. And I don't even really hate them that much. Like, I do think that it was obviously shouldn't cheat the way they cheated, yeah. but I don't hate them that much for it because I've never been. They haven't been a big rival or anything. So, it just for how funny it'd be. I like the Astros. Like, I was a fan, kind of a fan. And then yeah. when they did that, though, it just made me mad because it's just like it discredits everything you you did. Anyway, well, more so just the way the players reacted yeah. afterwards. But yeah, it's another topic. All right, moving over to the NL, real quick before we get into each of the matchups. Well, I guess getting into the matchups, we have Dodgers, Brewers, Padres, Cardinals, Cubs, Marlins, Braves, Reds. There's this big part of me that would love for the Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, and Reds to advance because that'd be all NL Central. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. Um, I highly doubt that'll happen. Honestly, the way the series have gone so far, you may be lucky to get one. One of those, yeah. If I was any. just about to say you might have none of those. Um, yeah. So for, starting with huh. the Dodgers and Brewers, if you don't pick the Dodgers over the Brewers, I think you're probably crazy. 
The Dodgers yeah. are winning their game one right now. Not by a lot, but they're winning. 4-2, I think. They just hit a solo okay. shot to make it 4-2 in the eighth, I think. So, yeah, Dodgers look like they're going to win game one and win the series in two is my Yeah, point, so. I agree. Dodgers win yeah. in two. Just too much for the Brewers. Padres, Cardinals. I think the Padres will be the. I think they will be the team in the NL West to knock the Dodgers out of the division lead, like for the first mm. time since like 2008 or something for the Dodgers. I really yeah. think that the Padres will accomplish that, but this year I just don't know. And after losing Game One to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. the Cardinals just have a way of being good in the postseason, and I freaking hate it. But I'm going to yeah. pick the Cardinals to win this series in three. I do have – I think the Padres will eke one out tomorrow, but the Cardinals okay. I just think have the experience to close it out in the third game. I think if the Padres win tomorrow, they win the series, but that's a big if. Um, like we've already talked about, once you lose that first game to now have to win two in a row when you do have young players is a big ask. So as much as I'd love to see the Padres advance, I've kind of went back and forth on this even tonight. But at this point, I kind of expect St. Louis to win the series. Uh, then we have Cubs-Marlins. Marlins won game one because the Cubs choose not to score runs. Uh, <laughs> choose not to. And I'm going to... I I still have a lot of faith in the Cubs. I think the Cubs um I you could say lucked out with facing the Marlins, but at the same time, the Cubs won their division. So like yeah. I don't want to hear the Reds, Cardinals, or Brewers complain about the Cubs facing the Marlins and an easy matchup mm-hmm. because the Cubs won their division. Yeah, that's how seeding works. Yeah. Like, um <laughs> right. but in a way, the Cubs did luck out, and that's who you're facing these playoffs. And I think the Cubs will win. They so Hendricks, Darvish, Game Three is Lester. Those three people have each started a Game Seven in the World Series before. That's crazy. And <laughs> the the Marlins have, I think, their most experienced starter. What was it? I, I don't remember what the stat was. But obviously none of them have ever been in the playoffs before. So it's no. like... Our most experienced starter has 30 starts. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So yeah. I, I think I think the Cubs will win this. I think they'll win the next two. So I'm going to pick the Cubs in three. I'm I, also I think homer. so too. <laughs> well, no, I think it'll happen too. Just because... And part of it's because I don't know enough about the Marlins to know what their strengths and weaknesses no one even does. are. Um, not even Marlins really, fans. <laughs> to me, the, I don't even know if there are Marlins <laughs> fans. Uh, to me, I think this series is just more about the Cubs. Um, yes, if they, so true. If they could really like the Marlins are going to be what they are. Um, I don't expect them to have a super good or super bad showing. Uh, it just depends on if the Cubs can score more than two runs. Yeah. I think if the Cubs can score three runs tomorrow, that's probably enough to win with Darvish. And if you can score at least four or five that's probably enough to win with Leicester I don't think the Marlins are going to come out and score eight or nine runs on you in either game um so I think the Cubs can do enough with their backs against the wall to win the series then lastly we have Braves Cardinals Brave or Braves Reds I'm sorry Braves won game one I'm gonna have the Mm -hmm. Braves win this in two though I do think the Reds to me are similar to the White Sox 
not so much in the pitching, but in their core. They have a younger core that's starting to kind of, you know, grow up there. And so I think that'll help them. Um, I think the next few years, the Reds will start to really contend for winning the division more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yep. I think the Braves take this one and win the series in two. Yeah, agreed. I like all the stuff the Reds are doing. They're an up-and-coming team. Um, I think they will win the next game in the series, but then Atlanta wins this in Game 3. Yeah. Now, on our notes, you put down college football. Uh, and you talk, You mentioned a- A&M and Alabama earlier. Do you want to mention talk about that at all? I personally have no thoughts. but No, just aside from these are games I'll be watching, these are the only ranked matchups I am aware of is Texas A&M and Alabama and Auburn, Georgia. So Auburn, Georgia, A&M, where Alabama, is Georgia ranked? I think they're fifth and Auburn is eighth okay. or something. That That's is going to be a very good matchup. Yeah. That's one I'm planning to watch the whole game. That should be the um, prime so I just thought I'd one, mention right? those. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a seven o'clock Eastern maybe or something. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's one. I'm going to pick Georgia and I'm going to pick Alabama. Um, I won't really break them down, but just thought I'd mention yeah. them with them being uh, two of the marquee games for college football. So. Then NFL, we have the best matchup of the season tonight on Thursday Night Football, mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets. This is the show everyone's been asking for. <clears throat> That's right. So I have I have a bold prediction right off the bat. My bold prediction, I hope you're all listening, because last, mm-hmm. last week I predicted a tie and it was correct. And on Twitter oh, later, man. I predicted Nick Foles would play, and it was correct. Get your wallets out. That's take right. notes. My bold prediction is that the Jets will blow out the Broncos. What? And the part of the reason for this is because I think what will happen is Sam Darnold will impress John Elway so much that John Elway <laughs> will make a deal for <laughs> Sam Darnold. And the Broncos oh, will continue funny. to be in quarterback hell. <laughs> that's great. That's really what I think will happen. That's a very in-depth prediction. Thank you. I like it. Uh, yeah, so hmm. the, to fully play out that whole prediction, it might be years down the line. But for now, for my score prediction, I'm going to go with the Jets 30 and the Broncos. We're going to go with 17. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go the opposite way because if you, I, as I'm looking at these games, I'll kind of you mention probably point spreads should if too. You are betting on this, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one where if you're, I'll mention point spreads where it's appropriate. Where I, I'm actually, I think it's a crazy line or something. I would actually think about betting. I did really well with my NFL bets last week. I went three and one. Um, Denver is. Okay, the Jets are favored by a point and a half. If you bet Denver, you're getting a point and a half. These are obviously both bad teams, but I feel like the Jets are the worst team. <laughs> and if you're giving me points for Denver, I'm considering betting this tomorrow. I'm going to have to think about it. but um, And maybe, if nothing else, that'll give me a reason to watch it and care. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is going to be a rough game. Um, give me Denver by, like, six points, but... Yeah, (laughs) obviously not a great matchup. All right, next up we have the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I think they're in Carolina uh, facing the Panthers. Mm -hmm. And 
I really have watched nothing of the Panthers this year, so I know nothing to go off of other than I don't think they've won yet. Have they? No. So uh, uh, they might have won one. Let me look. I don't know. Kyler Murray, I think, will have a bounce back game after a more of a down game against the Lions. So I'm gonna pick the Cardinals to win. Uh, this game is gonna be like twenty four to thirteen. Yeah, so the Panthers are one and two. I think Kyler Murray has a bounce back game, um, tough game against the Lions, and I think that was honestly more about him and him having issues than it was about the Lions. They did some interesting things on defense that helped, yeah. but I think Murray bounces back. Uh, this feels like a like twenty eight, uh, thirteen kind of game. Yeah. So next up is Chargers at Tampa Bay. This matchup is really interesting to me. Yeah. Agreed. Um. But I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay to win this game, albeit I think it will be, I think it'll be close, probably maybe closer than people think. I'm not sure. I, I don't yep. really know what the national opinion is exactly. Um, but I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay winning narrowly. We're gonna go with twenty four to twenty three. So I, I'm not really sure what the national perspective is really either on the Chargers, but um, they've impressed me. Yeah. So they beat the beat the Bengals 16-13. I mean, oh whatever. my gosh. Um, are you watching the Chiefs? Are you sorry? Are you watching the Yankees game? Uh, mine's probably behind. Okay. Did Cleveland just walk it off? No, but he hit a bomb foul. Oh, and it would have it would have walked it off. It was fair. Okay, because mine might be a little behind, but right now there's a runner on first, two outs. That's where I'm at, too. It's Austin Hedges at the plate. Yep. <sighs> you see right here, because this could be the final pitch. Did he go? All right, it's going to be a 2-2 count. Oh. Ch Chapman throwing 100 miles an hour still. So you're, you're ahead of me, ahead of actually. Oh, am I? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> All right, shut up now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, back to the Chargers. Uh Good win against the Bengals. They lose to the Chiefs on a final in overtime of an overtime yep. field goal. N not a bad loss. And then they would have beat the Panthers last week. If you see that lateral play that didn't work. No, I didn't. Um, so they were last play of the game. Throw like a crossing route across the middle. And oh, game. Yankees oh. win. Um, I told you so, not to say anything. Oh, Jerk. crap. I, I forgot. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Austin had just so, strikes out. <laughs> he looked upset, like he didn't think he went around. But um, well, don't swing at high so, heat then. Yeah, <laughs> especially when Chapman's throwing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to make him mad. Have him throw at your head. <laughs> um, so it, it, basically, it was a crossing route at the end of the game. Receiver caught it. He tries to throw it to another receiver who if he would have caught the lateral had nothing but empty space uh, in front of him and would have scored a touchdown uh so they would have won that game they could have easily not easily they could be three and oh right now with a win over the chiefs and the perspective of them would be a lot different so even though i know tyrod taylor is still out um yeah i don't have a lot of faith in their doctor but i do really like the chargers they're getting the tampa Bay's favored by seven i would take the chargers at the with the seven points worst case scenario i think is if you lose this by touchdown and get a push you just get your money back um i think the chargers keep this close and lose but lose by like two points nice um 
All right, so then we got Seattle and the Dolphins. This game will not be close. Uh, I can't no. believe Seattle's only favored by six and a half. Yeah, honestly. that <laughs> feels like an easy bet, honestly. Um, but I know Miami's the home team. but I'm going to so. go with, I don't know, Russell Wilson continues his MVP track, and that's good for me and my fantasy team. I'm going to go with a big game from Russell Wilson. It's going to be like we're going to go with 42 to 27. I was thinking like 42 yeah. and I I'm, I'm going to give the Miami even less credit. I'm going to say like 41 to 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this seems like one even though 6.5 is a big number. I think Seattle definitely wins by more than a touchdown. So yeah. All right, next up, Indianapolis Colts going to Chicago. The Colts are favored by two and a half. Um, so aside from just your pick, yeah, do you have any other thoughts, obviously, with it being your team? That's interesting that they're they're favored because yeah. the storyline of this team, especially you guys have heard the interview at this point, those storylines, when you look at it, is basically how legitimate are these two teams because both mm-hmm. teams have played basically opponents that – have not been good this year have it's like what three and 15 combined record for their opponents right it's really bad um yeah so i'm gonna go with um i'm gonna i'm gonna i am gonna go with the bears to win i i Mm -hmm. think nick Foles will have another week of rejuvenating the bears offense and i think the bears will i think it will be a close game though i really do and i don't think yeah. it'll be particularly high scoring and i think that's the kind of game the bears need i'm gonna go with the bears 20 colts 17 i'm gonna go bears 24 16 over the, oh, wow. the colts um so this one is one where basically i i expected after the bears started two and oh I expected you to get to three and one. And I thought the one you were going to lose was last week, which it looked like was going to happen. <laughs> you came back and I'm not going to change my prediction now and say, okay, actually now you're going to lose the Colts game. Like I picked you to lose that game. You won it. And so I'm still going to pick you to beat the Colts and now just go four and Um Yeah. I don't think the Colts defense has looked good, but if you look at who they played, um, especially last week with the jets, like <laughs> the reason I basically, not the fantasy football has a ton to do with this, but I always pick my defenses for fantasy football based on who they're playing. And I've started the Colts like every week. So um, their defense has not been tested at all. I think the bears maybe will have some growing pains with Foles having a full week where he has to go into it as a starter. There may be drives where he doesn't look great and there will probably be criticism for that too, because people are going to say, well, Mitch Trubisky didn't look like he doesn't look that much better than Mitch. Like he basically coming off a game where every single drive he led was successful. He, he's not able to live up to that standard. So I do think he has a good game. He may struggle at times, have some drives that are slowed down because the Colts do have a decent defense at least. Um, But I think the Colts offense won't be able to, I think the bears defense continues to, to grow and step up into the role that everyone thinks they'll be in. And so, uh, yeah, I'll give the Bears the win on this one. All right. If uh, Jets-Broncos wasn't titillating enough for you, we have the exciting matchup of the Bengals and the Jaguars. So This one's brutal. <laughs> it is. 
this is my we should come up with like a name for it or a metric because i said this last week too if there was one game if i had to watch every game in the nfl except one you know yeah, well, like the watchability index so we need to come up with something yeah, like, yeah, that, I like that where we say like the game we would least like to watch each week because it's this one for me this oh week. yeah me too the only thing i'd rather watch the thursday the only thing i'd watch for this game would be Minshew because i like I, he's fun but yeah and burrow is like interesting i mean if yeah. you want to watch yeah uh, so i think burrow a lot he has a lot of positive positivity behind him with how he's played so far and i think he leads the Bengals to victory in this one um i don't i can never remember team's records are the Bengals undefeated or not undefeated are the Bengals uh winless i think okay, so yeah so i think burrow gets his first win in this one um they're zero and two. Oh, they're zero two and one. Oh, that's right, because yeah. they tied. Say, but yeah, they haven't won a game. Yet. So I, yeah, I think J- Burrow gets his first win in this game. I think it will be close. Uh, I think the Bengals win. Uh, we're gonna go with twenty. It'll be a little weirder of a score. I'm gonna go with twenty six to twenty three. Okay, I'm gonna go twenty to thirteen. Uh, Bengals win for the same reasons you did. I think Burrow has a good game. All right, Browns at Dallas. Cowboys win. Cowboys win by two scores. We're going to go with 30 to 17. Two of the just most, every year, most overhyped and annoying teams in football. Um, Yeah, man i i think i'm gonna give this to cleveland just because i like their running game so much but i'm gonna have this be a close game like 20 to 23 um but yeah i think kareem hunt kareem hunt goes off uh yeah give me a chub and give me cleveland <laughs> they should make that shirt <laughs> give me chub give me cleveland be like the patrick henry quote like <laughs> <laughs> give me liberty give me chub <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up is the oh. Detroit Lions hosting some scrubs known as the New Orleans Saints. Mm. Um, I I'll, So at the time of recording, I have not yet heard the interview between uh, Shane and John Hendricks, so I'm very interested to hear what his opinion is there. The Saints have not looked great other than Kamara, um, but... I think sooner or later the Saints are going to bounce back, and I think they will mm-hmm. use this opportunity against a an incompetently coached Detroit Lions team. Um, it yep. may be a closer victory than maybe people are expecting, uh, but I'm going to go with the Saints to beat the Lions 31-28. to Yeah. So, so far we've had for the Lions a few different kinds of games. Really close, disappointing game against the Bears really basically got blown out by the Packers and then a good win against the Cardinals. To me, out of those three kinds of games, this feels the most like the Packers game. I think the Lions will lose um, at the end, may score to make it look closer than it really is. But I think that by the third quarter, this game will be probably a three-score game. This just feels like a spot where um, the Lions overperformed last week, the Saints underperformed. Saints are coming off a tough loss they'll not that this is a must win but for a team who expects to win the division this feels like a bounce back game where they're really going to treat this seriously as a game they really need to win um i think breeze has a good game kamara 
the Lions defense has already shown issues being able to stop the run and stop uh, running backs who can catch out of the backfield, which Camaro is great at doing both of those things. If Michael Thomas comes back, that's another problem. Um, yeah, I think this is the kind of game I pick the Saints to win, like 35-16. So, but we'll see. Yeah. I'd love to be wrong. Next up, we have the Vikings and the Texans, two teams that I don't think anybody <laughs> expected for them both to be winless at this point in the season. <laughs> but they great. both are. To me, I look at this and – I feel like the Texans have had a really rough stretch of games to open yep. the season. The Vikings, not so much. Just They've just suck. been yeah, disappointing. <laughs> Vikings are just trash. Uh, it's interesting when you look at the offenses. You have on the Vikings between Thielen and Jefferson and then Cook, you have like yeah. the better rushing and receiving core than the Texans do. But the mm -hmm. Texans far and above have the better quarterback in Watson over Cousins and even though receiving and rushing is important I'm going to give it to the quarterback I'm also a Bears fan so I'm going to pick against the Vikings of course and I'm going to go with I think this will be another close game um, and I think the Vikings after this may go into full tank mode we'll see yep but I'm going to go with Texans 27 Vikings 20. Unlike Alabama football fans, I hate Cousins. I think he is a terrible quarterback. He's been overrated for forever. I took it personally that people were ranking him ahead of Stafford going into this year. Um, I agree. I think this is a tough matchup where I think Houston will finally start to show some signs of life after yeah, really tough matchups and really tough performances. Um, Minnesota is going to be 0-4 and a team who... I think both of us even predicted to win the division and a lot of teams, most analysts at least thought they'd compete for the yep. division. Uh, just a lot of problems right now. And uh, I'm going to take Houston by like 10 points in this game. All right. Uh, Ravens, Washington. I think this game will be interesting. Washington's got a great uh, defensive line and I think they're going to keep the Ravens in check. I think the Ravens still win right now. The Ravens are favored by 13. And I don't think that number scares. I don't me. think the Ravens get there. I think it's gonna. I think the. Yeah. I think the Redskins. Wow, they're not the Redskins. I'm sorry. Hey. Excuse me. <laughs> I think the foot. This uh, is a racially sensitive show. I think the football Thank team. I think, I think the football go. team, um, will hold their own, but they're just not on the caliber of the Ravens. I'm gonna pick the Ravens to win in a closer game than many anticipate we're gonna go with oh maybe, maybe this doesn't really sound close score wise but i think it'll looks it'll feel close when you watch the game i'm gonna go with 24 to 13 i'm gonna go two score game oh wow uh, so you are barely okay but i'm gonna go like 21 to 30 so like technically a two score game but really just a touchdown you yeah. know like um this feels like a game Lamar Jackson will have a good game. He obviously took a lot of criticism after being humiliated by the Chiefs yeah. and Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I think this is a bounce back for him. I would love to bet on Washington if you're giving me 13 points, like almost two full touchdowns, but that number kind of scares me. Um, 
Well, let's follow that up because usually the, right, right away yeah. the next game we have on our list here is the Giants at the Rams, and you have the Rams favored by 12 and a half. So yeah, that's another, that's another one I would love to take those points. Yeah. If you're going to give me 12 and a half points in an NFL game, it's really hard to not just take the underdog. But man, the Giants are bad. I think um, the Rams, I, to be honest with you, showed a lot of life almost coming back last with week. With so. Saquon Barkley playing, I might pick the Giants to upset just because at some yeah. point or another, you're going to have an abysmal game from Jared Goff, and you're going to have a game where Danny Dimes puts it all together. But without Saquon, I just don't yeah. see the Giants being able to get there. So I'm still going to pick the Rams to win. I don't yep. think the Rams. You know what? I am going to pick the Rams to win by m- multiple scores. We're going to go with, hmm. um, we're going to go with. I'm just going to go thirty to twenty. So similar to your yeah. previous prediction, but yeah, and exactly thirty to twenty. It's a convincing win, but New York would have still covered the spread in that situation. Yeah. So I am thinking about taking the Giants here. I would rather, if Saquon was healthy, I'd take the Giants to cover like a five point spread. Yeah in this game that's how much i think it makes a difference with him being out i think i am going to bet on new york in this game i think they lose by like 10 like you said so we'll see all right um next up buffalo who this is going to be a good game this is probably your i think this is probably your best game of the week to watch either this or the next one i think i think Um, i picked this one yeah there's a couple of really good games here for 25 uh eastern time but yeah buffalo and the vegas <laughs> i don't know if oliver used Las to that, vegas, the vegas raiders. raiders yeah oh man I, i'm gonna give the edge to i think the raiders win this game i think jacobs has a good game i think they're able to keep the ball out of josh allen's hands i respect what they did week one or not week one last week but they did show some issues letting L.A. basically come all the way back and let it be one controversial call away from choking that game. Um, I just think Vegas has uh, is able to do enough to win. They're also uh, Buffalo's favored by three points, so I would definitely take Vegas to cover the spread. I really like Vegas in this game. I just They're yep. just a really intriguing team to look at this year. Um, but Josh Allen's been balling out. And I think he is going to continue to do that. And Derek Carr is just, he's not, we, I talked earlier about um, quarterbacks not being on the same caliber. I don't remember what matchup that was. Um, but I feel similarly like Derek Carr, despite his best mm. efforts, is just not on the level that Josh Allen is playing at right now. So yeah, I'm going to pick that's fair. the Buffalo Bills to win. But I do think it will be close. I think it, again, another close game. I'm going to go with a 27 to 24. So, so right at that three point. Yep. Next game. I'm very interested in this one too. And it's the new England Patriots against Kansas city. The chiefs are favored by seven points. (sighs) I know what I'm, I know where I'm going with this. I'm going Patriots. I think the Patriots win this game. Um, I think they win it outright, and I, this wow. might be my best bet and my favorite bet to make, my lock of the week. If you're going to give me seven points to Bill Belichick in a game where, I mean, they just came off a convincing win against the Raiders, who I'm really high on. Um, yeah, obviously, Kansas City's a good team right now, and they came off a good win, too. Um, 
I think I would pick New England to win this game, but I'm not super confident on that. I am super confident that they cover a seven-point spread. So definitely give me the Patriots. I'm going kind of the opposite. I'm going KC to blow out New England. This is going to be a statement game. Like, if you ever needed evidence before that that the Chiefs are good, this is going to be more evidence than you've ever needed before. I think like a put the league on notice. Yeah, like I think Pat Mahomes is out to embarrass Cam Newton in this game. Like for all the love Cam Newton's been getting, I think just blows him out of the water. I'm gonna go with Hmm. Kansas City winning big in this game. It's gonna be I'm gonna go with thirty eight to I'm serious. I'm going this way. Thirty eight to twenty four, Chiefs. Big win. Yeah, convincing win. All right, cool. Next game, <laughs> the terrible Philadelphia Eagles against the beat-up San Francisco 49ers. I am not touching this game as far as a betting standpoint. The The Niners are favored by seven points. But because of injuries, because of inconsistent quarterback play, I have no idea what to expect in this game. Um, I'm going to take the Niners to win. This feels like a weird score kind of game. I'm going to go like 19 to 16. Yeah. Um, and there's no way I would bet on this. Yeah, I'm going to go just just because it's a weird game, weird circumstances of these two teams. I'm going to give Philly their first win of the year. And hmm. I think I think they're going to end up winning. Again, I think it'll be weird scores too. Like I'm going to go with 22 to 18. Yeah. All right. Final game. <laughs> One we'll both be interested yes. in. Uh, this is a Monday night game, right? right. The fifth. Um, Atlanta Falcons against the Green Bay Packers. This is one I would love. I would love to bet or to, to pick Atlanta right now. <laughs> um, they do have talent. Man, I'd love, yeah, I'd love to pick them. Green Bay's favored by seven. But, man, Atlanta is bad. Now, here's the one thing I'll say. In terms of yours and my interest of wanting – the Packers to lose. Yep. I think the Bears did us a favor by beating the Falcons because people looked at the Bears game as the game the Falcons needed to make a statement and win because they've started so poorly. Well, you have another mm-hmm. week where you let a lead slip away. Now this is your statement. Yeah, game. like that game yeah. keeps getting moved back, you know, and I think that there will be motivation there. I just I can't pick Atlanta to beat Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Yeah, that's where and I at a fall. Certain point, with my yeah. yeah, and I agree. Like you keep moving that game back, but at a certain point, you move it back so many times, and it's over. Like I, I guess, and after two big collapses, I, I would agree with that, like that if they fired Dan Quinn, but they didn't. So at this point, Dan Quinn yeah. is still trying to save his job, and so True. at some point. You would think if he's at all a competent coach, he'd be able to convince his players to play for him, you know, to like yep. save my job with you guys. And so I think he, I think, I don't think it would be surprising to me for the Falcons to beat the Packers, but I just, it wouldn't be the most shocking game in history or anything, right. but yeah. Not yeah. no Appalachian State. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right, but no, you're but right. But I, I just think at Lambeau Field, I just don't like a dome, a Southern Dome team at Lambeau Field. Even though it's, yep. you know, it's not going to be like freezing temperatures out. It's mm-hmm. just a different environment. And I'm going to go with Green Bay to win by a touchdown, 
31 to 24. Yep. I was thinking like, yeah, 21, 28. The spread is seven. I'm going to pick a seven point win. Uh, I wouldn't bet on this game either. But a couple injuries to watch. Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, number one receivers for each team. If one is back and the other one isn't, maybe that's something that sways the way you bet this game, but I wouldn't bet on it. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. this very long weekly scorecast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. It's a daily sport. Well, excuse me. I'm in the middle of a burp. Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. So go prop up with Thrive Fantasy. Um, you guys know about this. We talk about this all the time. The the To break it down for you, Use our code FNFANTASY when you sign up to go make your prop bests on players. So that way, when you use our code, again, FNFANTASY at sign up, you will get up to $50 matched after your first deposit of 20 or more. So you put down 20, you get 20. You put down 30, you get 30, and so on and so forth, up to 50. All right, so take advantage of this deal while it while it's here. Again, use our code FNFANTASY when you sign up and download the app today all right before we get out of here let's throw out our silver linings real quick here uh Mm -hmm. so i am just going back to the bears i'm feeling throughout this week as i've been looking at a lot of the tape from the game against the falcons and you you acknowledged earlier that Foles looked almost impossibly good in his drives there with the falcons and it'll be hard to replicate that but, man, it has me excited and optimistic about what this offense might be able to do with him at the helm. So I guess my silver lining is that I'm all in on Foles, and I'm really excited to see what he looks like. Yeah, there's going to be rough patches. Yeah, there's going to be growing pains. But hopefully over the next two, three weeks where you have beatable opponents, he's able to show good signs. That way when you go and face the Rams and the Packers and some of these other di- more difficult teams, you have a legitimate shot to win those games. Mm, yep. No, it's good. Um, my silver lining is that, we, okay, the Lions have a tough matchup with the Saints. I talk about that in the interview we did. Um, but I'm looking at that right now as a silver lining. Right now, the big complaint by some Lions fans after the win was, we're, we should be a tanking team anyway. A win hurts us. You know, A tough matchup this week will tell us what we have with the lions. It's going to tell us a lot. Um, it'll either put us at one and three and let us know that, yes, this is a tanking team who got a good win that we weren't supposed to get, but we're still the same team. That's kind of my thought and my inclination. But if we win this game, then we're two and two. And then you look at the team as, okay, we had a tough loss against the bears. Packers was a tough game, tough team. Um, we really could be and should be three and one right now is the thought you would have at that point. And let's see what happens. We're going into a bye week. We'll get a little healthier. Injuries have been a problem. If you win this game, then you have a new direction you're going to go in. So being a one and two team with a tough matchup, this is going to tell us a lot about what to expect moving forward. And I'm taking that as a silver lining. Nice. Well, that's what we're frustrated about today. What about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real Elephant Podcast on social media or Frustration Nation at ShootYourShotsBoards.com. Please go follow my personal account at KEG94. Wow, that's not it. It's at KEGeorge94 on Twitter. And 
Man Michigan Hats, which is at Michigan Hat on Twitter as well. Voice your frustrations to us and leave us a review. If you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday everywhere you can get podcasts. And be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting the show on Patreon for a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for one-time donation. Every little bit helps. Even $1, which is $1 more than the comparison that I didn't bother to come up with for tonight's episode, makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate. Insert the adult bop it. If you know what I mean. (laughs) Insert it. (laughs) Jam it in there. Check it. Check. Check. Test, test, test. Ickles. Testicles. Check my testicles. Like Lance Armstrong. Softly. Gently. (laughs) Fondle my balls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I just cut out everything and I just put you saying fuck up my ball that would be a little off putting um, <laughs> our ratings just plummet after that <laughs> I might put this at the end actually I like this for the end it would be really alarming to hear that at the beginning <laughs> Fondle my balls. <laughs> Grab them, squeeze them. <laughs> I've always like that Lance Armstrong thing we did, like play with them, fondle them, roll them, like what all the stuff yeah, we did. Well, I've the- always <laughs> joked. Yeah, it's like a bop it, you know, <laughs> bop it, <laughs> flick it, <laughs> twist, twist it, it. Yeah. <laughs> pull it, <laughs> yeah. <No>! yeah. <laughs> tweak it (laughs) snap it rip it (laughs) tug it (laughs) burn it spin it i think that's one on bop it some of the advanced bop it's yeah (laughs) punch it kick it